Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm Julie, your host, and I'm delighted to be with you this evening, although I'm a solo act tonight. I've had a a death in my family. My Uncle Dick died, and uh, so I'm going to be flying to Columbus tomorrow morning, which is Thursday. I'm recording this early, and... um, be with the clan, with the family up there. They're coming in from all over the country, and my husband's going to meet me there. So it'll be sad, and at the same time, it'll be fun to have everybody together as funerals and weddings. Well, funerals especially are sad. Weddings usually aren't, but we should have a great time, everybody together. Um, so to those of you that didn't get the notice that I'm not doing a live show on Thursday, I apologize. It went out. It'll go out in my newsletter tomorrow morning on Thursday morning, and hopefully you'll see it and not call in. But if you have called in and nobody was there, then please join us next week. This obviously was very unexpected. So the reason why I do this show, everybody, is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people all around the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. And what I thought I'd do this week is just catch up on some of the questions that have been submitted online over the past few weeks because I've gotten behind on those. When we have a lot of callers into the show, I'm always going to take a caller before reading a question that's been submitted online. But having said that, I do do the questions every week in my newsletter. I'll pick a question. They're found in my column in the Law of Attraction magazine that comes out every other month. And, uh, and then I try and get one or two of them on, into the show, too, when I'm doing this show each week. So um, I thought this would be a good opportunity to get caught up on some of the questions, questions submitted online, which are always really good when that happens. The other thing I wanted to mention is my book came out this week. It's called Angelic Attendance. Attendance like attendance at a wedding, not attendance like you take when you're in school to be sure you're in class, but it's A-T-T-E-N-D-A-N-T-S. And it's available on Amazon, both in ebook and in paperback versions. And in the next couple of weeks, will be available wherever books are sold and through all the other ebook sites and Barnes and Noble and all those kind of places too. But if you want to, if you want to have a link to it, just go to my website, AskJulieRyan.com. You'll see a, a place where you can click it. It'll cl- click you into Amazon, and please. Get it, download it, or order the paperback. It's really a very heartwarming and um, amazing and inspirational compilation of a bunch of different stories about families with whom I've 
worked when they had a loved one who was dying. And although the subject matter doesn't sound like very uplifting reading, I believe you'll find the book to be very, very heartwarming and very uplifting. It's a, um, it's a quick read. And it also, I also talk about my journey in learning how to do all this medical intuitive stuff that I do and psychic stuff that I do. As I tell people all the time, I'm a businesswoman that does woo-woo. And I also say, I, I'm not one of those psychics who's had dead people stalking her since childhood. Or if I did, I didn't know it. I learned how to do all of this stuff that you hear each week on the show and you read in my newsletters and and you'll read in my book too. There's also some other interesting information about the 12 phases of transition, which you can get a copy of those on my website, AskJulieRyan.com. If you just go to the tab that says the 12 phases of transition, it will show you what the configuration is of angels and deceased loved ones and deceased pets even that are there to help someone transition from this lifetime into the next. And my book is different from anything else that's out there that I can find because most of the books that are out there talk about either the afterlife, like what happens when we get to heaven, or near-death experiences, or the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross five stages of grief topics. What mine talks about is what happens when somebody's actually dying. And it, it, I think, helps people not be afraid of the process because it's glorious. When you're surrounded by angels and deceased loved ones, can't get any better than that and carried off by angels to heaven. I mean, it, it's really a, it's a glorious thing that I witness and that we're, we're all going to experience. So I believe if you read this book, not only will you learn a lot, I think you'll enjoy it, but I think it, I think it will change your life and it will change your perspective on a lot of things. So please go to my website, AskJulieRyan.com, check out Angelic Attendance and order it. And if you order it or when you order it, how about that for power of suggestion, when you order it, please write a review on Amazon for me because that helps other people find the book. And it also, um, you know, just makes it more noticeable to people when they go online and they go to the book and then they can read what your comments are. It, it encourages them to get the book too. So I would appreciate your help on that. Speaking of this topic and my uncle Dick who died, he was 84, was ill for the last several years. He's my dad's younger brother and um, he is the last of the Mohicans in that family of that generation. So he really had a full life has five kids and a bunch of grandkids and so they'll all be at the funeral along with my brothers and their wives and my nephews and and all of them so it'll be fun to be with all of them but but I've been scanning him over the past couple of weeks and I've talked with my aunt Fran his wife several times and and she would ask me what phase he's in and and I would tell her and then I got a text from my younger brother John on Saturday morning last Saturday morning and he said Uncle Dick's taken a turn for the worse and it's a pretty dramatic one so we're gonna go down to see him and I said, great. So, of course, I got him on my radar. And he was in phase 11 of 12. So that's, that's pretty much the, 
the end of the line. Phase 12 is the angels are escorting you to heaven. But it was interesting with Uncle Dick because I got John's text probably about maybe 11 Eastern. And what I saw when I scanned him was phase 11, what happens is you're surrounded by angels, but they're in a straight line. It's kind of a line of demarcation between the spirit world and our our human reality. And um, Uncle Dick's parents, my grandparents, were, were at his feet, positioned at his feet. The mother's spirit always runs the show from the spirit world. But at that stage of the game, there are angels on either side of his spirit bubble. And the spirit bubble looks like a cartoon caption bubble. If you look at a cartoon and you see the words that the character is supposedly thinking, that um, is what I call the cartoon bubble. And so the spirit hangs on to the top of the head after it has evacuated the body, but it hasn't left yet to go on to heaven. And I believe that's what people are talking about who've had near-death experiences. They talk about going through the tunnel, and I believe that's what's happening, that they're seeing uh, going through a tunnel. But interestingly enough, once those angels' wings on either side of the spirit bubble start to move, it creates a vortex above the patient's head, and it looks like a funnel cloud, You know, I live down here in Dixie Alley. They call it Tornado Land in the Deep South in Birmingham. And it looks like a funnel cloud. It looks like a tornado. Vortex, I can call it. That is above the patient's head. And it helps the spirit evacuate the human body. It's a phenomenal thing that I witness. I can feel an upward pull with this vortex. And it reminds me of... When you drive, I know most of you have probably at some point in your life driven through a car wash and stayed in the car, and at the end when those big dryers get turned on and they start sucking all the water off your car and they're up above, that's what this vortex feels like to me. And it sucks, helps suck the spirit out of our human bodies. But back to Uncle Dick, When my brother John had texted me and I scanned him, he was not only in phase 11, his spirit had started to enter the vortex. So I I texted John back and I said, all right, I, I don't think he'll probably last throughout the day. And then I found my husband, Tim, and I told him what was going on and said the same thing. And then a couple of hours later, I believe around two, I guess it was, what, three hours later, I got a text from my brothers that said he had died. So um, I can tell how close to death somebody is normally by scanning them and seeing what phase they're in. And it ends up being very comforting to the family when they hear they're surrounded by angels and deceased loved ones. Another interesting note about the vortex, when I was doing research for my book, with all the many, many, many families with whom I've worked when they have a loved one who's dying, so many that I've lost count. I can't even tell you how many there are, but bunches of them. I always feel the movement of the angel's wings on either side of the spirit bubble. And these angels are big-ass angels. Excuse my French, but they're huge. They're between six and seven feet tall. They've got big old wings, and they all look the same to me. Now, does that mean that's really what they look like? Not necessarily. It means that's how they appear to me. 
so I can perceive them and know that they are angels. Angels may appear in a different way to somebody else who has enhanced their abilities, their psychic abilities and their intuitive abilities. But to me, they look like big ass angels. So no disrespect there to you angels out there. So anyways, when their wings move, it reminds me of a giant owl, how when a giant owl moves its wings, it's silent, but you can almost, when you watch it in a movie, you can almost feel the drag that's created from the movement of the wings. And every time I see that when I'm scanning somebody who's dying, I always think of a giant owl when I see that angel wing movement. So I thought, just for kicks, I'm going to Google this and see what I come up with. And what I found out was anything that flies, whether it's a bird or an owl or a plane or a jet or a helicopter or whatever, when the wings move, either in a bird, you know, in an animal, they're going to move, or the wings, if you've ever been on a plane sitting over the wings like a jet, When they're landing, they'll position the wings at different angles, whether they're taking off or whether they're landing or to help break. But what I found was that those wings, the movement of the wings creates a vortex. It creates a vortex that causes whatever, the bird or the plane or the jet to lift. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing because... What's happening in the spirit world with these angel wings moving is having an effect in our human world, in our physical world. So the physics, if you will, of what's happening in the spiritual realm is having an effect or are having an effect on helping the spirit evacuate from the body. And I just find that fascinating. And I especially found it just remarkable When I saw all these aeronautical engineering drawings all over the internet about this vortex that creates an upward lift. So I I just thought that was amazing. And like several other things that I see, I think in a in a podcast a few weeks ago I mentioned watching the Ron Howard and Brian Glazer show Genius that's on the net. Nat Geo channel, the National Geographic channel, and it's about Einstein and Albert Einstein's life. And it, they have graphics on there as part of the production of the show and the storyline that shows how energy moves and how Einstein was envisioning energy moving and different times and places and different realities and that kind of thing. And you may remember me saying, if you listen to that podcast, this looks just like what I see in my head when I'm scanning people at times. And so like the vortex created by the movement of wings, it's so much fun for me to see this stuff in my head and then to find out there's a scientific explanation or an aeronautical engineering explanation or some other kind of explanation for all this wild stuff that I see. That just tickles me when I learn all of these different things. So 
So anyways, rest in peace, Uncle Dick. We're going to be up there to give you a send-off. The Ryans do a really good job with funerals. My family does. He's going to be buried out of a funeral home that has buried five generations of my family and will be in a cemetery with five generations of my family as well. So um, so I will be there this weekend and, and be lending my support to the family. Plus, when I'm at a funeral, it's really fun because... I, not that funerals are fun, but it's fun for me because I'll close my eyes and I'll scan the church or the wherever the memorial service is being said. And invariably, I'll see the person who's died, their spirit is there. And oftentimes other family members, deceased family members' spirits are there as well. And normally, if there are children that have uh, either died or perhaps miscarried babies, their little spirits are with the person who's died too. So I'll, I'll ask the family, I'll say, did you have, a, like in this case, I'll ask my aunt, I'll say, did you have any miscarriages if I see babies' spirits that are in the church? And, uh, and, and it's wild when that happens too. But it's also comforting that all of these deceased loved ones are, are in spirit form with the person who's just died. And I find that that gives the family just a tremendous amount of comfort. So having said all that, if you have a loved one who's in the late stages of dying or in any stages of dying, what I recommend is go to my website, AskJulieRyan.com, print off the 12 phases of transition, and give those graphics to the family. There was a family here in Birmingham that I worked with. The, the sister-in-law was is one of my friends, and her name's Tara. And so I went and helped her. Her sister-in-law was dying of brain cancer. And I, when I went to the house, I went to the house because I was right here. You know, they were close by. They lived maybe 10 minutes from me. I took the drawings, I took those graphics with me in a folder, and I gave them to the dying woman's husband. And the sister-in-law, my friend Tara, called me and she said, those drawings have been passed to everybody in the family. And the night that she died, Tara called me and she said, there are probably 100 people in this house. It was a big Italian family. I think the husband had 11 kids. I think he was one of 11 kids. And she said, people walk in the door we just hand them your folder with the drawings. They know what's happening. She said, there is such a level of peace in this house because of your drawings. She went on to tell me, she said, these guys would all be bouncing off the walls if they didn't know that my sister-in-law is surrounded by her loved ones. She's surrounded by angels. She's going to be carried off by angels when she goes. And so I learned a lesson from that. And that is for anybody that has somebody who's dying, who's important to them, print off those graphics on my website. They're free and give them to the family. You're going to be amazed at how comforting that's going to be to people that are going through a heart-wrenching experience in most cases. And you'll find that it's not, un- not only comforting for them, but also it hopefully will be comforting to you as well. So having said all of that, let's go to one of the questions that has been submitted online. And this one is from Corey, and Corey lives in the Bronx in New York. And he said, hi, Julie. 
I received an email blog from you regarding spirit guides, and miraculously, that's exactly what I had, have had on my mind for weeks. I was wondering who my spirit guides are and how to distinguish them from deceased ancestors. I'm thinking about being involved in a spiritual ceremony to figure this out. Do you have any insights on who my spirit guides are, how I should contact them, and if they have any messages for me? Thanks so much in advance. And here's my response. Hi, Corey. What a great question. How I distinguish spirit guides from deceased loved ones is spirit guides always initially show themselves to me as versions of Father Time. They appear as elderly men with long white hair and long white beards wearing long white robes. And then I have in parentheses, picture Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings movies or Dumbledore from the Harry Potter movies. They take this form so I know that they're spirit guides. Then, when I continue to communicate with each one individually, they show me how they looked in their most recent lifetime. So imagine a Dumbledore-looking character, Father Time character, and then when I communicate with each one individually, they can morph into somebody who's a woman or a child or a whatever, a man, and and they're normally, at that point, they're going to be in period dress. They're going to tell me their name. They're going to tell me when they lived. They're going to tell me where they lived and a little bit about what their lifetime was, their past lifetime was that causes them to be a spirit guide to the person with whom I'm working and how that correlates. For instance, there's a, a person that I work with who's in the entertainment industry in, in Hollywood. And um, the spirit guide to this person is a person, is a spirit who was in that industry during the golden age of Hollywood and, and was the chief operating officer for one of the major studios. And so he kind of looks like a banker. He's dressed in 1940s attire, three-piece suit. He's got his pocket watch. And, and he was the one who really ran the show of this major Hollywood studio. And now he's a spirit guide to my client in this lifetime. So that's just an example of how this works. Okay. I went on to say, after connecting with you, I saw four of your spirit guides standing behind you in a semicircle. The one behind your right shoulder is the main one at this point in your life. The main spirit guide's always at the person's right shoulder. So as I'm facing the person and the spirit guides are behind the person with whom I'm working in a kind of in a semicircle, in a U shape behind them, the one that's at the client's right shoulder is always the main spirit guide at that time. This guy's name is Marvin and he was dressed as a train conductor. I was chuckling when I saw this for Corey. And then I had in parentheses, picture the conductor on the Thomas the Tank TV show. If any of you have kids that um, when Thomas the Tank was big, I think he's still on TV. Um, it's what the train conductor looked like or an old-fashioned train conductor. I said, he's there to help you with punctuality. He told me he's all about helping you run things smoothly. Each of your spirit guides acts as an advisor in a specific area of your life. All of them will have messages for you. Your deceased ancestors and loved ones will appear as they did in their most recent lifetime, so you or another family member can identify them. Once in a while, an ancestor will act as a spirit guide. 
In order to contact them, just ask them a question in your head. The first answer you receive will be their answer. If you think about it for more than a second or two, that'll be your brain answering you. I'll be delighted to help you explore and communicate with your spirit guides and deceased loved ones. Just pick a date and time at AskJulieRyan.com and we'll have an hour to listen to their advice. Spirit guides are really fun to talk to and it's amazing the information that you get from them, not only about things that are happening in your life that you know and you perceive, but things that you're not perceiving that are kind of right in front of your face, but somebody on the outside looking in, if you will, is going to get a different perspective. And so it's really fun. And the advice that comes from Spirit Guides is really normally remarkable. So, um, Corey, I hope, I hope you schedule an appointment and let's, let's do a deep dive on this. All right. Our next question is from Victoria, and Victoria lives in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And she said, hi, Julie. I'm a new mother, and my baby girl is seven months old. Shortly after recovering from a C-section, I began noticing random joint pain, especially in my wrists. With time, it has gotten better, but some days it flares up. I haven't heard of too many women experiencing this post-pregnancy and wasn't sure where it started, as I had some mild joint pain prior to the pregnancy, but nothing like this. It's like some days my entire body gets filled with it, especially after sleepless nights. I thought I'd see what you recommend. I listen to your podcast every week. So first of all, thanks for listening to the podcast, and, and I hope you get to hear this answer. I am Here's my response. Hi, Victoria. Congrats on your new baby. At seven months, she's probably already doing lots of new tricks every day. I know when babies are around, we, I always say to people, don't you wonder what you did for entertainment before you had this baby to watch? And, you know, it's so much fun watching babies as they're learning and, and developing. I went on to say, when scanning you, I could see the inflammation in your wrists. Looks like the pain also shoots up into your forearms. In addition, I saw inflammation, in parentheses pain, to a lesser degree in your knees and ankles. And I think that corresponds to what she was saying, what Victoria was saying about some days it feels like it's all over her whole body. In addition, you look exhausted, although that's pretty common for baby mommies. And she alluded to that as far as in her question with sleepless nights. It kind of just comes with the territory. Good thing is it's short-lived. So, in order to get some pain relief for you, I applied anti-inflammation energy to all of the spots mentioned above. That combined with a generous dose of energy to combat your exhaustion will hopefully make you feel better in the short run. The source of your symptoms, I believe, stem from the regional anesthesia, either a spinal block or an epidural. I got that you didn't have general anesthesia for this C-section, Victoria, but I got that you had a regional block. Um, epidural is probably the most common spinal block would probably be the second most common and I went on to say you received during surgery and the antibiotics you received post-op normally after a c-section the women will get IV antibiotics so they're getting a big dose of antibiotics after the after the surgery a lot of anesthesia including both general and regional contain heavy metals that remain in the body after surgery and Antibiotics can wreak havoc on your immune system by killing off good gut bacteria. Here are my suggestions. Remember, food is medicine. 
So go to bulletproof.com forward slash diet and download the free food chart. Eat what's on it. Consider reading The Bulletproof Diet by Dave Asprey, Eat Fat, Get Thin by Mark Hyman, MD, and or Fat for Fuel by Joseph Mercola, MD. All of those books all basically say the same thing, and they talk about what the triggers are from different foods that we eat that cause this pain that a lot of times is, is seen as arthritic type pain or sometimes lupus or sometimes, um, you know, other symptoms where they just don't know what the answer is. So they just kind of group it into a category that doesn't make a lot of sense. I said, number three, be sure to add cruciferous veggies like broccoli, cauliflower, and cabbage along with citrus fruits, wild blueberries, and cilantro to your diet. All these foods are great heavy metal detoxers. Hope this information helps. Thanks for listening to the show. Please call in sometime. I'd love to talk with you. Hopefully the princess will be put to bed and you have a few minutes to yourself at 8 o'clock Eastern. Just call in and I'd love to chat with you, Victoria. Thanks for your question. Back to this, this heavy metals in anesthesia. Regional anesthesia is when a block is administered. So let's say you're going to get your knee operated on and you don't want to go under general anesthesia. They're going to numb up just your knee or in a woman's case, they're going to numb her from the waist down if um, she doesn't want to go through labor cold turkey or she's going to have a C-section. And, and there's metal in this anesthesia. After somebody has surgery, I clear the anesthesia residual out of people's energy fields all the time. And it looks like these little teeny tiny little metallic particles in the energy field. And I know that's just anesthesia residual. And so I help clear that out. But I think it's fascinating that food can do it as well. And that's the easiest way to do it. So, Victoria, you can heal this. And um, this is not fibromyalgia. This is not arthritis. This is heavy metal toxicity. Your gut bacteria is messed up from the antibiotics. And just you can, you can really feel a lot better, if not eradicate all these symptoms, just with the food that you eat. Because food is medicine. Okay. This next one is from Julia, and Julia lives in Davenport, Florida. And Julia says, hi, Julie. Thank you for the opportunity to ask a question. What's causing the pain in my left foot when I walk? It's on the bottom of my foot on the flat area across from the arch. What can I do to heal it so it no longer hurts? Thank you. And here's my response. Hi, Julia. So sorry to hear about your foot pain. When scanning you, I could see the inflammation on the bottom of your left foot. Looks like plantar fasciitis to me. The plantar fascia is a long, thin ligament that lies directly beneath the skin on the bottom of your foot. It connects the heel to the front of your foot and supports the arch of your foot. Your pain is most likely caused by wearing some cute shoes that didn't have any arch support in them. The American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons says the plantar fascia is designed to absorb the high stresses and strains we place on our feet, but sometimes too much pressure damages or tears the tissues. The body's natural response to injury is inflammation, which results in the heel pain and stiffness of the plantar fasciitis. Easy for me to say. So, in order to help you heal, I applied anti-inflammatory energy to get the inflammation calmed down and then repaired the tiny tears in the ligament. 
In the short run, this should help relieve some of your pain. In addition, here are a few suggestions that may help. Number one, freeze an unopened plastic water bottle and roll the arch of your foot over it. You'll probably want to wear a sock in order to tolerate the cold. That's going to help with inflammation. Number two, wear tennis shoes with good arch supports as much as you can. This will provide padding to your sore foot. And then number three, do the downward dog yoga stretch a couple of times a day. Place your hands on the floor and stick your bottom in the air to make an inverted V shape. This will stretch the ligament, help it heal, and most importantly, prevent a reoccurrence of the pain. For more information, check out the Downward Dog Yoga Stretch online or on YouTube. Hope you feel better. When I have plantar fasciitis, which is every now and again, and it's usually because I've worn some cute shoes without arch supports, like I mentioned to Julia, if I do that Downward Dog Stretch, like at least once a day, and then I stretch, do, do like the calf stretch where you put your foot flat on the floor and you lean up against a wall and you stretch your legs out really far and you can feel that stretch. That's going to help relieve the pain and heal that plantar uh, fasciitis situation. When I talked with Julia about the tiny tears in the ligament, I am an inventor of surgical devices, orthopedic surgical devices that are sold throughout the world. And I've been in surgery throughout my 30 plus years in the hospital supply industry countless times, you know, bazillions of times. And and what the ligament looks like when I'm in surgery and watching somebody get their knee or whatever scoped is it looks like crab meat. If you take the crab meat out of a big crab leg, for instance, and then you tear that crab meat apart, it kind of looks shredded. And that's what torn ligaments look like to me. Julia didn't have anything that serious, but she had little teeny tiny tears, if you can envision this crab meat, this piece of crab meat, little teeny tiny tears. So I watched them get sutured. And that's going to help that ligament heal. And when she stretches it, it's going to increase the blood flow to that ligament, which is going to help that heal even that quicker. So that's what I was talking about when I was talking about the tiny tears in her plantar um, fasciitis ligament. Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth Bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic, and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing, they've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So, if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer for just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y-Earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth Bedding. I love them and so will you. Next question comes from Luann, and Luann lives in Gahanna, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus. I'll fly over you tomorrow, Luann, on my way into Columbus. And Luann asks, hi, Julie, my doctor recommended an MRI scan of my brain and neck, and insurance hasn't approved it yet. 
and she has in parentheses three weeks of waiting. Should I continue to pursue this or is it a waste of time and money? Thanks. And here's my response. Hi, Luann. After connecting to you, I could see lots of inflammation in your neck and especially in your brain. Once I got the inflammation calmed down, I saw what looks like raw oozing brain tissue. I see it when someone has suffered some sort of head trauma. And then I asked her, were you in some, were you in a car accident or did you have other kind of, some other kind of trauma to your head? I went on to say brain matter has the consistency of cooked oatmeal and is very fragile. When it gets banged against the sides of a hard bony skull, it can be easily injured. The good news is it can also heal fairly quickly. At this moment in time, I believe it would be in your best interest to push your insurance company to approve an MRI for you. I also believe you have the ability to completely heal from this medical situation. Consider Googling JJ Virgin, so initial J, initial J, Virgin, V-I-R-G-I-N, brain injury, son, those, those four words, five words, JJ Virgin, comma, brain injury, comma, son, and read how this mom used non-traditional methodologies to complement traditional medical care and help her son heal from a serious brain injury. You may get some helpful ideas that can benefit you. Thanks for your question. So, a couple of comments about brain injuries. We've all seen drawings of brain of a brain. And most of us think it's like those plastic models of the brain that we've all seen, probably in high school science class or whatever. But brain tissue, like I said, has the consistency of oatmeal. So it kind of moves around in the head. And that's why there's so much information coming out about football players and soccer players with Soccer players, people think, well, they're not going to have head injuries. Well, they do. They bang the ball with their heads. And a lot of them aren't taught how to properly do it. I don't know if there's a way to properly do it. Soccer fans tell me there is, but I'm not so sure about that. But certainly the football concussions and all the information that's been coming out about um, head injuries and brain injuries to football players, children and adults alike, that uh, really spawned the Will Smith movie called Concussion. If some of you have seen that, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you that haven't seen it, I encourage you to watch it. It's on Netflix and probably HBO, and you can probably rent it at Redbox, and you probably get it at the library for free. But it, it, there's so much information, and, and I think the public is really paying attention to this because although every, most people in America at, at least love football, and we love to watch it, the kids that are being allowed to play football, the numbers are really decreasing rapidly. And on one hand, what's that going to do to football in general? I don't know. But on the other hand, perhaps it's a really good thing because it's going to force the football teams and the NFL and the college teams and, and even the little kid teams to come up with ways to protect these people's heads. And and when something like this happens, there's always technology that's spawned. And I think this will be a good idea, or this will end up coming up with a bunch of good ideas to help protect people who decide to play football. The other thing is, 
most of us have either seen or thrown a baby in the air. And research has shown that that's awful to do for the baby because that brain matter is moving around in that baby's skull. So you can lift a baby above your head and hold on to them, but don't toss a baby in the air or a little kid and then catch them because that that force causes that can cause that brain matter to move around. And that's why pediatricians recommend never throw a baby in the air. Not in a pool, not on the ground, nowhere. It's not because we're worried that you're going to drop them or not catch them. It's because that oatmeal-like brain matter is slamming against their skull and it has the potential to cause brain injuries. When I scan somebody with brain injuries, I can see in my mind's eye portions of the brain that are damaged and portions of the brain that have these big red sores on them where there's been a brain injury. And I watch healings occur all the time on that. So, so keep that in mind. No more throwing babies in the air. All right. This next uh, question comes from Ashley and Ashley lives in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. And she said, hi, Julie, I have had a problem with my reproductive health for a solid year and the last month has pushed me over the edge. My menstrual cycle is now out of whack and I'm feeling all kinds of uneasiness. Please help. I'm so tired of fighting with my body to feel normal. Thank you for your time, Julie. And here's my response. Hi, Ashley. Sorry you're feeling so punky. Once I got you on my radar, I found you were full of inflammation from what looks to me like heavy metal toxicity. This is heavy metal again. That's what we talked about with another question here. This condition can affect your menstrual cycle and cause lots of other symptoms. In particular, you seem to have an excess amount of iron and cadmium in your system. I believe you're ingesting both from your water supply and additional cadmium from cigarette smoke. I got, and I put that in quotes, which means I got the information in my head. The iron was primarily from rusty pipes. And then I have parentheses, do you live in an old house? And the cadmium, a metal used to make batteries, is leaching from waste sites into the ground and then into the water supply. Cadmium and other toxic metals can also get into our water in the form of road runoff. And then there are those cigs. Are you around a bunch of smoke? In any event, here's what may help. Eat foods that will help you detox the heavy metals from your body. Some of those foods are pears, green apples, citrus, grapes, cabbage, spinach, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, beets, garlic, and cilantro. Google Foods Detox Heavy Metals for a more complete list. In addition, find a functional medicine physician and work with them to heal your body. A functional medicine doctor is trained to reverse engineer your symptoms to find the cause of those symptoms and fix that particular issue. Just go to functionalmedicine.org, put in your city, province, and country, and choose from the list that will be displayed. The best news is I truly believe you can and will heal from this. Thanks for your question. One other note, Ashley, if you go to, to functionalmedicine.org and you, you email me a list of two or three doctors that are on that list that, that kind of catch your attention based on where they're located and what their credentials are, I'll scan those doctors for you and see if we can figure out which one is the best fit for you. I do that all the time. 
for people when they're looking for a doctor. They'll send me a list of doctors and I'll go down the list and I'll say, is it in Ashley's best interest to see Dr. Jones? Is it in Ashley's best interest to see Dr. Watterson? I mean, whatever. And, and I'll get a yes or a no on it. So I will, sh- I will share that with you, Ashley, too. Okay. Uh, we do this show, everybody, every Thursday night up when I'm unexpectedly flying out of town and it's at 8 Eastern, 7 Central and 5 Pacific and you can find these numbers and these times in a multitude of places. First of all, you can find them on my website. Go to AskJulieRyan.com, scroll down to the bottom of the homepage and you'll see all this information. That's, that's door number one. Door number two is wherever you download podcasts in the show notes, this information's at the bottom of the show notes. So look on your phone, look on your tablet, and it'll give you all this call-in information in the Times. Another place is when you're on my website, sign up for the newsletter because it's a question that somebody has submitted online. I answer it and I send it out every Thursday morning. And in the body of the email, it'll have all this call-in information. Or, for instance, the one that's going to go out Thursday of this week says, no live show this week. Please call in next week. So there's a a note on there when the rare occasion comes up that I can't be on the show and do a live show. And then while you're on my website, AskJulieRyan.com, schedule an appointment and we can have an hour to scan you do past life stuff, talk to deceased loved ones, scan your pets, do whatever you want to do. I'm like a buffet of psychicness, this businesswoman that does woo-woo that I am. So makes it kind of fun and interesting. But the good thing about that is we can devote a whole hour to whatever you want to discuss. And it doesn't have to be just medical or just talking to a deceased loved one. I had a private consult this morning with a woman from Michigan, and we talked about a lot of different things. And uh, it, it, it really ends up being very enlightening, very informative, and normally lots of fun when we do that too. Okay, let's see what this next one is. Uh, okay, this is from Carrie. And she says, hi, Julie, I've recently started listening to your podcast and absolutely love it. Can you please do a general scan on my body to see if there's anything going on? I'm thinking about having another baby and want to make sure I'm in good health. Thank you, Carrie. And here's my response. Hi, Carrie. Wanting to be in good health before you conceive is a great idea. At the time I scanned you, I could see inflammation on the top of your head, usually indicating a headache. Once I applied anti-inflammatory energy that removed the inflammation, I could see a lot of yellow pollen in your system. Looks like you most likely have seasonal allergies and are currently suffering from springtime blooming flowers and trees. If you're taking allergy medicines, it'd be best to conceive after allergy season has ended. That means you'll just have to do all that extra baby-making practicing. That's all hyphenated. Baby-making practicing. Easy. You'd say that three times fast. In the meantime, otherwise you look perfectly healthy. Also, you do have a baby's energy that's attached itself to you. It looks like an orb often seen in photographs like the one Glenda the Good Witch rode into Munchkinland on in the Wizard of Oz movie. 
Your baby's energy is a bit in the distance. What I saw reminded me of watching a plane land at night into a busy airport. The plane's lights can be seen in the distance and then followed as it approaches the runway to land. All of this means you're highly likely to have another baby. As part of your preparation efforts, you may want to read The Better Baby Book by Lana Asprey, MD. It's full of information that will help you optimize your health before you conceive and throughout your pregnancy. Thanks for your question. This is a fun question. And I know that all of you have seen a picture or taken a picture where there's an orb or multiple orbs in the picture. What that is, is our digital cameras, even our cell phones, are so sophisticated now and they take the picture so fast that they pick up these orbs, which are spirits of loved ones who are around us. And so it's really fun because people will send me questions and they'll say, okay, there's four orbs in this picture. Who are they? And I'll be able to identify who the different orbs are. You know, okay, this one's Grandma Mary and this one's um, your Uncle Jim and this one's whoever. And so that's kind of fun to do that. But also those orbs their spirits, that's what babies look like when they attach to the mother's energy field before they're conceived. We choose our parents, everybody. We choose where we're going to be born. We choose when we're going to be born. And we do all of that based on what we want to learn in this lifetime, what we want to experience. So let's say you want to be a concert pianist. And so you decide to be born in New York City, and your parents are both classical musicians, and they both graduated from the Juilliard School of Music. Well, that's, there's a pretty good guess there that if you're born into a family like that, you're going to be pretty much inundated with classical music and around people who probably are graduates of Juilliard, which is one of the top music institutes in the world. And chances are pretty good you're going to be able to pursue your, your intention of being a, a concert pianist playing classical music. Likewise, let's say you want to come in and you want to experience what it's like to be a... Uh, uh, scuba diver. So you're born to parents, you choose parents and say, wherever, uh, the Bahamas, let's say that. And uh, those, that family is very into scuba diving. And they have a boat and they have a tour. And they take scuba diving um, people, people who are on vacation that want to scuba dive out on the boat. And you get to learn to scuba dive when you're really young. And you get to be a scuba diver instruction or instructor or a scuba diver guide or whatever. You, you get my point. But it's really fun and fascinating to see these orbs that are attached to the mom and to know that little spirit who wants to be born has chosen this woman to be its mom. Likewise, Orbs of spirits, babies that haven't been born yet, attach themselves to the adopted mother's energy field, too, in the case of an adoption. So that spirit, we, when we're in non-physical, we can be any place simultaneously, lots of different places all at the same time. Baby spirits can do the same thing before they incarnate. So that baby spirit's going to attach to the birth mother's energy field. It's also going to attach to the adopted mother's energy field because it knows 
that it's going to come in and it wants to experience what it's like to be born to a, a woman or a couple or a family who gives that baby up for adoption and experience all that happens in that, as well as what it's like to grow up in an adopted family and to be loved by that adopted family. Another interesting note on adopted parents is when somebody's dying and I scan them, the person who, let's say they've been adopted, the person who's dying has been adopted. You know how I told you how the mother's spirit, the mother's spirit, closest maternal spirit is going to run the show from the spirit world. It's the adopted mother's spirit that runs it in the case of a baby being adopted or, and, you know, growing up, let's say it's an old man or an old woman at that point, um, which I find really interesting. The birth mother's spirit is there, but it's the mother that raised the child who really runs the show in the spirit world when somebody's dying. So all these nuances that I get to see and, um, and it's fun. Adopted mothers really love hearing that that their babies chose them as much as chose their birth mothers. The birth mother's the portal, and but it's the mother who raises the child. That's the one that's attached the most to that that child um, when they throughout their lives and also when they die. So, okay, let me see if I have another really quick one that I can read. We've got a couple of minutes left here, and um, let's see what I got here. Uh, Janet from Ramsey, New Jersey said, Hi, Julie. I listen to your podcast through the Law of Attraction Radio Network. You are a true blessing to the people you help, and I'm always amazed when I listen. Oh, thanks for those kind words, Janet. My question today is regarding my father-in-law. He's had Alzheimer's for the past six or seven years and is in a nursing home. He doesn't recognize anyone and cannot communicate at all. He seems to be in good health, except for the occasional cold or cough. My mother-in-law, my husband, his brother, and their aunt visit him on a regular basis, so he sees his family members, but never acknowledges or recognizes them when they're there. I'd like to know what he's thinking. I wonder if he misses his grandchildren, his dog, and the rest of the family, and even if he knows about his fourth grandchild, a boy named Corey, my nephew, who was born after he went into the nursing home. Also, I'd like to know if there's anything that he needs that he's not getting at the home. Does he have any physical ailments that we need to address that haven't been recognized by the people working there? Is he eating enough food or is there a special food he would like to have? Thank you, Julie. I really appreciate your help. And here's my response. Hi, Janet. Thanks for listening to the show and for your kind words. How thoughtful of you to send these questions about your father-in-law. In order to get some answers for you, I first connected to you and from you to Herbert. What I saw was a surprise. Herbert's spirit was standing to the right of his body. It looked like the hologram of a healthy version of his current body. The most interesting part of this scene was he isn't dying. Usually I see the person's spirit attached to their body unless they're sleeping or under anesthesia. This phenomenon is called astral travel and we, do it, we all do it most every, every night when we sleep. Our spirits go to a different reality, one without limitations. We then return to our bodies before we wake up in the morning. We, when we feel like a dream was so real, it's because it was. Now, having said all that, here are the answers to your questions. Number one, Herbert knows about his new grandson, Corey. Number two, Herbert's her father-in-law. Number two, 
he doesn't really miss anyone because he's around all of them all the time in spirit form. He said this non-physical format is really convenient because he can be with all of his loved ones whenever he wants. He does, however, appreciate when people come to visit him. Herbert doesn't care about the food at his nursing home. He said the food they give him is fine. And then number four, he said his Alzheimer's condition is serving a couple of purposes. First, it helps his wife gradually get used to him not being around. And second, it gives him the opportunity to practice being back in non-physical before he goes there full time. Hope this information helps you and the family. I work with a lot of people who have a loved one with Alzheimer's. It's frightening how rampant this disease is. And I can communicate with them telepathically. So I can communicate with people who are deceased with their spirits. I can communicate with people who are alive with their spirits. And that's what I do with Alzheimer's um, patients. So um, if you have somebody in the family that has Alzheimer's and you need some information out of that person, but they're unable to give it to you, they're unable to talk because of their disease, shoot me an email. Send, you know, submit an email online, uh, call into the show or schedule a private session, and I'll be delighted to help in any way I can with that. So, everybody, we are out of time. This has gone really fast, even with me talking the whole time. <laughs> and uh, again, go to my website, AskJulieRyan.com, and check out Angelic Attendance. I think you're really going to enjoy reading it. And then leave a review for me, because that's going to help me out a lot. Call in next week. Send me some more questions online. And thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. To those of you in the U.S., happy 4th of July. And I'll see you next week. Talk to you next week. Take care. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan. And like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com. This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.